Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. This isn't live right after a game. No, this is on the precipice of the NBA Finals. The Suns now know who their opponent's going to be. It is the Milwaukee Bucks, Milwaukee, if you will. And that's who the Suns are going to face. So as I welcome Matthew to the podcast, that's what we're going to be talking about on this here edition of the Suns Jam Session is we're going to take a look at the Suns. We're going to take a look at the Bucks, And we're going to just start talking some NBA final stuff as we both are sitting here wearing the same shirt. So yeah. uh, happy 4th <laughs> of July unto thee, Matthew. Oh, you too. Honestly, I thought 4th of July was tomorrow until like maybe an hour ago. So I guess I got to do some celebrating tonight. Yeah. Look at I, some fireworks. I got to explain to you how it works. So it's July 4th. Uh, 1776 Independence Day, uh, the Declaration of Independence, everything. It's not July 5th. So yeah. unless you just don't know what day of the day of the month it is, is that what has occurred? Is this whole <laughs> it's Phoenix because I'm Suns off whirlwind? Okay. Because I'm off tomorrow work. So I'm like, oh, tomorrow must be 4th of July. No, nope, it's today. And I was working today. <laughs> this oh, that morning, sucks. So. <laughs> I didn't even realize. Anyways. Well, you know, happy Independence Day uh, to you and to all the Jamsters who have decided to join us. Whether you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network or you're watching here on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Matthew, did you know that 45.1% of our views on YouTube come from people who have not subscribed? Are you serious? I yeah. can actually, I can believe that. Get so, subscribing, folks. So what's what's the lesson? Keep subscribing, right? Keep subscribing. So subscribe. Subscribe if you're here watching on YouTube. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch, smash that like button while you're here. It helps with the algorithms. Let's everybody know where they can find the best Phoenix Suns content. They start typing in Phoenix Suns on their little keyboards. On their when they join us on the YouTubes, uh, it'll bring <laughs> them right here. So. Uh, let, let them know. Let them know. Yeah. Hit, those, hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe. You can become an elite jamster by clicking the join button or following the link in the description. We post our Spotify green room podcast here on YouTube exclusively for our elite jamsters. So if you subscribe to the pod and you join our community, we actually have bonus podcasts for you that Matthew and I have been recording. So uh, feel free to donate in the, uh, to the show via the super chat as Amin has already done. He says, we can't stop now rally the Valley. So thank you for, assisting us by donating in the super chat we truly appreciate that uh, subscribe rate and review via the bright side of the sun podcast network if you are listening again if you're watching you know go 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 give it a listen to give it one of those you know five star reviews if you will and if you give us one of your epic five star reviews we'll actually read it right here on the show and i'm actually going to read a read one here for you let's see here let's let's pull this up get to the reviews Try to find them. All right, here you go. From Sam King 13 said barbecue chicken alert. Barbecue you really? Go. All right. Barbecue chicken alert. There's so there easy you go. stuff, then, right? Too easy. You give us a five star review, you leave something like Sam King 13 said barbecue chicken alert. We're reading it right here on the podcast. We also have Tony DC 56787, been a Good listener numbers. since day one. It's been great to see the show uh, progress and the Suns make a run too. So thank you to both of those dancers who took the time to do so. Matthew, what do you say we get into talking about the NBA Finals? Let's do it. I, I never thought you would ever ask me that, John. <laughs> ever. <laughs> I, well, that's the whole premise of the show, Matthew. And listen, I know how the Suns uh, solar panel, our sister panel, uh, our sister podcast, Always mm -hmm. has amazing guests on. If you didn't get a chance to watch the Sun Solar panel yesterday, they had Bobby Marks and 
and Langston Galloway was on the show. Yep. Uh, Matthew hey, made listeners. the announcement on Twitter. Uh, who, who's going to be joining us today, Matthew? Tom Cruise. Stay tuned. Dude, Tom Cruise is going to be, be a three-hour pod. Might be a Joe Rogan experience. Hold, hold on. Uh, <laughs> the producer's in my ear. Uh, Tom Cruise couldn't make it. Oh, it's all right. Maybe next time, guys. We'll, we'll still so, stick around. So everybody who is sitting here expecting Tom Cruise, we're sorry. Uh, you're just going to have to listen to us talk about the Phoenix Suns, the Milwaukee Bucks, <laughs> and the NBA Finals. Matthew, are you popping a beer open with me today? Not yet, because i got to drive safe to my friends, so just water right now. Aw. And I'm not drinking anything. I have a nice Phoenix Suns cup. I'm drinking Wata. Some Wata. No, this thing's this like... pretty cool. Yeah, this is a... I don't know what oh, year it there, is. Buddy. Yeah, it's it's a few years old. This is an OG okay. one, though. So uh, drink them if you got them, those Suns fans. Let's talk about the NBA Finals matchup between the Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. That's right, that's right, that's right. The Milwaukee Bucks won in Game 6 last night against the Atlanta Hawks, thus propelling themselves to the NBA Finals for the first time since 1974. The Bucks are also making their third NBA Finals appearance, and again, the first one since 1974. Uh, they went in 1971 where they won the championship with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and then they, won, or they lost in 1974 to the Boston Celtics and John Havlicek. So, much akin to the team that came into the league the same time we did, 1968. They are seeking out an, an NBA championship, although the Suns are doing it for the first time. They're doing it for the second time, but both are making their yep. third NBA Finals appearance. So, Matthew, I'll just ask you right off the bat, uh, you know, you hear the Bucks are the, the team now. That's the team we have to play. What are your initial thoughts? Uh, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? And Parker Hines just unsubscribed because Tom Cruise ain't here. Oh, well, he's not here anyway. So, I mean, it's fine, man. Just subscribe again. He's not here. <laughs> um, so initial thoughts, I'm very excited because a lot of this is like smaller markets, right? Getting to the NBA Finals is good for the NBA. And I think you're going to be seeing this a lot more lately. And it's what's supposed to happen. Giannis is a two-time MVP. He's supposed to make the finals, bring this team full of uh, guys on there like PJ Tucker, uh, Drew Holiday, these guys that are like really fighting their whole careers to get to this point. It's supposed to be that. And it's not supposed to be like, oh, it's the Bucks, it's the Suns. Are the Suns even going to be a smaller market after this year? I don't think you can really consider them a smaller market like Milwaukee. They seem more like a destination. So that's exciting for us, of course. But I just the idea that maybe some people might be talking about this might not be a good matchup. Oh, hell no, it is. Dude, this is going to be great because Giannis versus Aiden. You have all the matchups we can go through. It's going to be unlimited. It's going to be unlimited stories for the media to write about and just for us to watch. It's going to be a good matchup. And I see the Suns in four. Suns and five. I think this might be a seven gamer. So get ready for this. It's, it's going to be quite the ride. All right. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're going to do our predictions at the back end, but that's an interesting uh, start there. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, Matthew always goes against the grain. Uh, you know, I, it's interesting when you say that Phoenix is a small market team because you look at their population, the city of Phoenix, relative to all the other cities in the country, and they're fifth. It goes mm -hmm. New York, LA, Chicago, Houston, Phoenix. Now, Milwaukee's further down the line. They're 30th overall in overall population. 
Uh, so I can definitely see that being, a, you know, what is considered a small market team. But I get what you're saying. You know, the big market teams generally are in entertainment hubs, the New Yorks, the uh, uh, Los Angeles is even Atlanta. I mean, at Turner Broadcasting, it's all out of Atlanta. I think that that's considered still a pretty big market team. And, you know, Atlanta is let's see here math i can't even find them on the thing but they're up there they're up there as one of the top cities relative to population uh but it's definitely good for the nba and i think that the only people who are really frustrated with the fact that this is considered a small market nba finals are the national pundits who are located in some of those big entertainment hubs like los angeles or new york or chicago you know they want those big names those big storylines uh, but it's like you said, this is what's good for the NBA in the long run. It's something you're probably going to see a little bit more of moving forward when you take a look at the talent in the NBA. Although, you know, the Los Angeles has all the stars flocking to it with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And New York is finally starting to get a come up. You know, I think that this is really a good thing for the NBA in the long run. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. I probably think I'm a little bit more confident than you are you know if you're already saying Suns in six or seven or you know or it's a seven game series mm -hmm. you know there's a lot there's a lot of x factors as we look at this uh this matchup you know I'm, I'll bring up a graphic here just to kind of like a hey who are you let's get to know you bud uh with the Milwaukee Bucks they're a team that was 46 and 26 during the regular season which was the third best record in the NBA Eastern Conference uh, if you look at their points per game during the regular season, now granted, these numbers have changed in the postseason, and we'll talk about those momentarily, but they had the number one offense. They had 120.1 points per game, and they gave up 114.2, which is the 22nd best in the NBA. The first round, they swept the Heat 4-0. The second round, they beat the Nets in six, and then the Eastern Conference Finals, they beat the Hawks in six. So they've played the exact same amount of games as the Phoenix Suns, 16 total games, as we went 4-2, 4-0, So when you take a look at that, you know, just kind of on the surface, what is your initial impression of this Bucks team and who they are and how they operate? Um, well, you have to get credit to them because they played the Nets. Of course, the Nets had the injuries. But when you're playing Kevin Durant and the way he was playing at that time, being the probably the best player left in the playoffs, that is very difficult to overcome, even though he hit that shot that could have put them into the next round, but his foot was on the line. It's still very difficult to play this kind of guy. And to go against the Heat, too. Real quick, real quick. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, everyone's calling me out in the chat, and they're right. They beat the Nets in oh, seven. Yeah. <laughs> they, I'm they such did. a fucking idiot. Yeah, they beat ah, them in seven. So right. they played one extra game than us. But continue, yes. They started off by sweeping the Heat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, they did what they had to do against it, just like the Suns did against the Nuggets. So they are in their way here, and they're playing against the Nets, like I said, against KD, who was the best player at the time. Last round, you know, Trey Young was going off. There's a few games that maybe they could have won, and then Trey Young would come back and hit him. But then he got injured. Giannis got hurt. Those role players, when they stepped up to help win those games, that is kind of a scary factor, of course, to look at because these guys are going to have more, 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 more momentum because of the minutes they built up going into the finals to where they're going to believe in themselves even more. I mean, I'm, I don't think they have any lack of that, but there's going to be a certain amount of momentum they're going to have coming into here, like guys like Bobby Portis, uh, even Middleton. You know, Middleton's always been overlooked, and he knows that. He's still trying to prove himself. So I think for the minutes that he played without Giannis and the points he put up and the factor that he was in those games, that's going to build his confidence even more too. So a lot of things with Giannis being out, helping his players individually, and you can't really say like, 
Giannis being out, their better team. I think the Hawks had Trey Young missing too. And what the Hawks were at that time is still a young team. A lot of pieces added, and they can build off of this going into the next season. That's the way the NBA is supposed to be. You know, you got this young superstar who can go into next year and then maybe hopefully have a chance to make the finals again. That's great to see, man. And honestly, with Giannis being out and he might play this this series, it, he should be playing. I think it's day-to-day right now. Correct. The matchup's going to be tough for the Suns. I, I really think so. And then, of course, we're going to be looking at size, right, John? Again, it's going to be a size thing. Yeah, but it's not necessarily uh, depth when it comes to size. So that's no. where it's like, you know, the Dario Saric uh, conundrum that we faced against the Los Angeles Lakers might not come to fruition or have as much impact as it did against the Lakers uh, because they have Giannis and they have Brook Lopez. And as you mentioned, you know, Giannis is the biggest X factor right now. If he's healthy enough to go, then obviously he starts at the four Brook Lopez start, starts at the five. If not, that's Bobby Portis there. And that's, you know, as much as he was a pest and an annoyance against the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern conference finals, he's not Giannis Antetokounmpo. So that really changes how they approach their lineups and their rotations against the Suns. It'll be interesting to see if Giannis plays because I yes, he's day-to-day. And yes, that injury looked bad. It looked bad. Like I the fact mm-hmm. that he's day-to-day is surprising to me. But then I see him on the sidelines getting up, cheering, walking up and down the court, you know, uh in the Eastern Conference finals, just as a reserve player who's a DNP. And I was like, okay, he looks a lot better than a guy who you think just blew out an ACL. And they said, you know, everything's intact, and I get that. And it's, you know, there's probably some bone bruising and and things of that nature in there. Uh, But even if he does play, you don't know how effective he's going to be and how long it's going to take to see him get back into his rhythm. Now, the advantage that they have going in this series, it's a longer series, okay? The game uh, that starts everything off, off is game one, and that's in two days on the 6th. If this goes to a game seven, what's it end on? Like the 22nd, the 23rd? Like that's yep. like yeah, a two, right two before and a half that week weekend. series. Yeah. So, uh-huh. it, yep. you know, it, it goes game one, skip a day, game two, skip three days, game three, skip day, three days, game four, skip three days, game five. I mean, they're just really just stretching this out, which in the long run is a good thing for the Bucks and Giannis yeah. because it gives them an opportunity to play better uh, and, to, and to feel better and to heal. So I think that, you know, again, that X factor is going to be big. I don't know. I don't know how much the size necessarily scares me because Brooke Lopez isn't your prototypical center. Now, granted, he he can block the ball. He does. He is a big body presence. He does know how to play inside out. But there's a lot of times where you're looking at this team from a defensive standpoint, and he's going to try to stretch you out by hanging out in that corner and try to stroke those three balls. You know, he is a three. He is a three point threat, uh, which could tax the defense, but at the same time could allow DeAndre Ayton. Uh, to kind of cheat in in specific areas. And if there's switches, I think it actually assists the Suns, don't you? Yeah, and honestly, Lopez, I'm glad you brought him up because he's that player where I think it was like a couple series ago or even towards the end of the season, you were hearing, why is he still playing so much? He wasn't really contributing to the offense, not doing much defensively. He was kind of playing himself out of the lineup in a way. I mean, he's still going to start because he's a center. But, I mean, does he play power forward or center? Because I think he starts in the center spot, and then they have Giannis in there, right? Yeah, Giannis, Giannis plays the power forward. Yeah, so having him... 
kind of like a Patrick Beverly kind of feel going into the series to where Beverly was playing himself out too. There were jokes about him just hopefully the coaching staff can let him foul out of games. That way they have to deal with his stuff. But now Lopez is making a difference. It's because Giannis is out. Lopez is doing what he needs to do, which offensively from the three-point line, he's still jacking him up. He still has those games where he can shoot 50% or even 70% if he goes three for five. I don't know if that's the real math, but he's a guy too that I think the Suns can really play him out of the series by our quickness, by our speed. If Chris Paul wants to speed things up, and he might be played out of the series because he wouldn't be able to keep up with uh, with DeAndre Ayton. I don't. I like the Ayton versus Giannis matchup too. You know what I mean? So hopefully they can play him out of the series to where he's not really a bother. And I think that's just something that we'll see in the first few games to see how that how that goes and how the Bucks can really adjust to it too. And how we have to adjust to what they're throwing at us. Because, I mean, this is a good defensive team when you look at the Bucks, I mean, they have... I'm, I'm going to bring up the matchups for those who are watching on YouTube. You look at their starting five, if Giannis is playing. Drew Holiday runs the point, who is a uh, best-in-class defender, all-NBA defender. You have Chris Middleton, mm-hmm. who's long and pesky. You have P.J. Tucker, who is a zero on offense, technically, but is a great defender. Uh, Giannis, great defender. Brooke Lopez, a quality defender. All all of their starting five can defend. And that's what's going to be interesting as we start this series is how are these matchups going to present themselves when the Suns have the ball, for example. Uh, My assumption is you keep Chris Paul, uh, or I'm sorry, you keep Drew Holiday on Chris Paul. You probably have some P.J. Tucker on on Devin Booker, and Middleton will go ahead and take Mikhail Bridges. And Giannis will be on Aiton and Brooke Lopez will be on Crowder. You know, that's how they'll probably do it. And they'll probably switch those two kind of intermittently. And then you have to look at how are the Suns going to attack them on defense. Chris Paul will stay on Drew Holiday. Uh, or I think Mikhail Bridges might actually draw the, the Drew Holiday because Chris Paul can take some possessions off by guarding P.J. Tucker. You know, you saw that a lot in the Nets series where James Harden, who was on one leg, was guarding P.J. Tucker the whole time. And it's because P.J. Tucker on offense just stands in the corner and doesn't do anything. So you mm-hmm. can take those those possessions off. And I think that's huge for Chris Paul. Put Mikhail Bridges on Drew Holiday and let Chris Paul try to follow P.J. Tucker around, who isn't a, a, a viable threat consistently on offense. He'll hit his threes. They're ugly, but he, but he loves those corner threes. Uh, but he's not going to be slashing. He's not going to be uh, running around off of picks, off of double picks, trying to shake P- Chris Paul. So I think that that is a huge matchup in this uh, this NBA Finals is how Mikael Bridges plays Drew Holiday and tries to negate him from being effective, which, you know, as you mentioned, when Giannis went out for the Bucks, it was kind of like how Paul George came to life in the last two games against the Utah Jazz, where there was no Kawhi Leonard, and all of a sudden – Everything went on Paul George, and Paul George stepped up in the moment. He did, and, and so did the team. You had Terrence Mann. Yeah. He stepped up. And the same thing happened for these Bucks against the Hawks. Giannis goes down in Game 4, Games 5, and Game 6. They both win because of the efforts of Chris Middleton, because of the efforts of Drew Holiday, uh, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis. I mean, they, they're a team as well that is deep, and you know they, they stepped up when they needed to to get their team to this level uh but you know just like the clippers when they played the suns it's like you know what that that was nice against the hawks we're not the hawks 
Yeah, and I was thinking too, Mikael Bridges. Is he going to have to guard Middleton though? Is that something? Because what I'm thinking is Bridges, because size was always an issue with him lately. I feel like in these series, who he was guarding, it was very tough for him, man. I mean, these guys were superstars. Now I feel like you could tone it down a little bit if you're going against Drew Holiday and Middleton. You know what I mean? He can actually yeah. use his length against these guys. I think him and Middleton are about the same size. But then if you're going to guard Drew Holiday, of course, that's a mismatch in our favor. So I like what what um, Mikhail Bridges might see in the series and how we're going to see him play because the last series he wasn't really there offensively, uh, defensively he was there to an extent to where he can only do so much. So I'm I'm excited to watch him this series and I mean we've done the series by series and it was almost it's almost like Mikhail Bridges it, this is his series to kind of take over not to say he's going to be the Finals MVP but to really show and support the Suns in the way that we thought he would have last series. I think he can do a lot more in this series defensively offensively if he wants to get to the hole i think he can i know they had the length with with uh with lopez and Giannis, but i mean if you have lopez in there he doesn't really he's not really treated as a shot blocker so he's someone that's a lot slower and i think a lot of these smaller guys including bridges who is just long can mm -hmm. get the ball around him if he wants to and i'm i'm really focused on that just getting to the hole by him yeah i think that's a good point is what is he going to do in this series because he had, you know, it's kind of his turn to step up, right? Like the, yeah. the first series you got to kind of give to Devin Booker. You don't have to kind of give it to him. You do give it to Devin Booker for his performance against the Lakers. That second series, you really can give it to Deandre Ayton for the, how he played the MVP. And this last series, uh, got DA and Chris Paul to close it out. And Buck, I mean, they all had their kind of hands in there, but you really haven't had those true Mikhail bridges, just, purely dominating somebody type of performances. And you're right. Chris Middleton is going to be the guy who he's going to have to guard. Devin Booker is going to have to take on Drew Holiday. And as we were, as you were bringing up those points, I brought up some different statistics on NBA.com, looking at some of the advanced head-to-head matchups between some of these players uh, during this season. And you have to remember that this season, the Suns beat the Bucks twice by a total of two points. They beat them back in February by one point on a game in which Drew Holiday was not present. And then they beat them in April in overtime on a in, in a game in which Devin Booker was fouled uh, by P.J. Tucker as time expired in the overtime period, made the free throw, won the game. They won 125 to 124 in the first matchup, 127 to 126, or maybe it was one it, right in there uh, for the second matchup. So it's definitely two teams that are pretty darn evenly matched. Uh, so you look at some of the matchups. Okay, so Devin Booker played the one game against Drew Holiday, and he matched up against him for a total of six minutes and 38 seconds and nearly 30 possessions. And Drew Holiday went four for nine, including one for four from deep. Uh, no assists, no turnovers, nothing like that. So it looks like, you know, in the times in which Devin Booker guarded Drew Holiday this season, Drew Holiday looked at that as an offensive plus for him. He didn't try to dish the ball. He didn't, uh, you know, he looked to score and four for nine, 44%. That's pretty darn good from Drew Holiday. You look at Mikhail Bridges and his games against Chris Middleton. He played in two games against him this season. A total of 34 possessions, gave up nine points. Middleton shot four for nine as well, uh, including one for two from deep, uh, three assists, one turnover and 48 team points. So, he hasn't, you know, he wasn't highly effective against Middleton, just like Booker wasn't highly effective against Drew Holiday. And I bring these stats up because I like to look at DeAndre Ayton and how he's played. And, you know, if he is going to play against Giannis, Giannis mm -hmm. played against him for 50 possessions 
this season in the two games. And DeAndre Aiden held him in check. 10 for 24. Had two turnovers and, and uh, a block on him. And if you want to take that and you want to go, okay, well, how did he do against Brooke Lopez? You know, Brooke Lopez, who had 18 possessions again and was 0 for 3, didn't score any points. And, I mean, so Aiton was a plus defender against the Milwaukee Bucks this year. It was Mikhail Bridges and Devin Booker who weren't. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to look at the honest thing with Aiton, it's fun because, honestly, it's always been the wall. You know, put up the wall against Giannis and try to defend him like that late in games. And the best kind of center, the best guy to go against him in that situation that can move laterally like against a guard let alone Giannis is Aiton. So he is a perfect, that's why like even if he's a two-time MVP, you might think it's scary, but what we saw from Aiton this, these playoffs and the way he's played against everybody, even Jokic, the MVP this year, like it just, it, the thing I think about the most if the Suns win this series is how that looks for DA going against Jokic, going against Giannis and this, and the two-time MVP that was kind of forgotten a little bit and just kind of like, eh, if he wins or whatever, he was the best player in the NBA, right? A few years ago for a lot mm-hmm. of people. Now mm-hmm. this season, it's kind of like everyone kind of ignored it because they got sick of him losing in the playoffs. Well, now he's here. And then for Aiden to go up against that, some guy that needs to still prove the doubters wrong, that's another kind of thing like where Aiden has to face that part of his game to where the the, aggression, the aggressiveness is going to be there. And I don't know if that's going to kill Giannis, in, in the long run to be so aggressive and not get his teammates involved to where he needs to prove something or else he will get his teammates more involved. Even then, I think it's it's one thing where I think Aiden can just guard him individually. I don't think there'll have to be a whole lot of help there. And that just helps with the rest of the defense covering the rest of the guys. And I'm not saying that it's, it's that simple, but it's something to think of because we have a big that can go against him one-on-one. Absolutely. And he's proven that in the past. And then, then again, you know, you, you can't stress it enough. We don't know what Giannis is going to look like if and when he plays in this series. If he's hampered in any way, shape, or form, and he lacks the explosiveness, and he lacks the ability to take those two huge steps that he can do. I mean, he can start at the three-point line and dunk in like two steps. I mean, it's just he's a freak. That's why they call him the Greek freak. But when you have somebody like DeAndre Ayton who has the capacity to you know, laterally move and get in his way and deter those shots, you know, you don't know how ginger he's going to be on that knee and you know I mean, one of the things that he does extremely well he being Giannis, is as he goes to the rim he can contort himself in very unique ways that go around defenders and avoid creating fouls and and contact and deandre will be in the way and like you said the suns can stay home on any of the three-point shooters because he can take them one-on-one. And we saw that when the Suns played against the Bucks this season, it was a lot of like, yo, DA, you're on an island, bro. We're going to be out here guarding these guys. And he held his own. And offensively, he had good games as well. I mean, I think that that's something to take into account uh, as well. You know, the way that he played against Giannis was, uh, it was fun to watch. I mean, there's that one play I think some of us will remember when he, you know, he dunked the ball on him. Uh mm. You know, but what's interesting is Giannis doesn't end up guarding him a lot because of the size thing. Uh, in the two games they played, they only matched up for two minutes when DA was on offense. The rest of the time, it was on Brooke Lopez, and that's what's going to be so vo- uh, valuable in this series is the fact that when DA matched up against Brooke Lopez in the in the regular season, he had two assists, he had a couple turnovers, but he had twenty three points on ten for twelve shooting, 
and a three. Mm-hmm. One of his three pointers came with Brooke Lopez on him. So he he feasts on Brooke Lopez offensively. And Giannis is not going to have the capacity to keep up with him in any way, shape, or form. And again, all this goes out the window if Giannis isn't playing because then it's Bobby Portis, and then that's going to change a lot of those matchups. Then you could utilize Jay Crowder to assist in double teams and things of that nature and see if the the Bucks are willing to, you know, take the three balls and and make them, you know. And again, we just went against the best three point shooting team in the league, and we held them. Uh, we, we took them out of their element. We took them out of their element from three point land and we took them out of their element or maybe they took themselves out of their element from the line. I mean, that was a big reason we beat the Clippers is they couldn't hit free throws when it mattered. A team that set the NBA record for most free throw or highest free throw percentage uh, shot like 75% in mm-hmm. the, uh, in, or the Western conference finals and the sun shot like 86%, you know, but when you look at the bucks, they're a team that that makes the fifth most threes in the league, uh, and they take the eighth most. So, I mean, they're definitely a team that likes to play kind of that inside-outside game. That's their game. It's real simple with them. It's like Giannis to the basket, and if the wall is there, they're, they're dishing out and they're trying to hit three-pointers. And, it, you know, what, what's, in, what's impressive is how they beat the Hawks the last couple games. Uh, but it's also like I don't know how impressive I'm going to get it, knowing Trey Young wasn't there and knowing that the Hawks are not necessarily a good defensive team, right? Exactly. But then you have to worry about the underdog thing too. And really quick, go back to Giannis a little bit. You know, the knee thing might be an issue. It might be something, but if there's anybody in the league that will have the mindset of just not giving a crap about it's 4th of July. I'm not going to curse, <laughs> not giving a crap about any kind of injury he has. If he's in there for tip off, he's not going to care. I, I think there's True. a lot of things he will do on the court that will seem similar to what he's been before that injury. I just think he has that mindset out, out of any player. You know, and for them to go against the Hawks and win that, yeah, touche. Like, this is going to be the talk a lot of who they played, who the Suns played before, and all the injuries and that. You know what? It's these players' time. They got through what they needed to do. They did exactly what they needed to do to get to the finals. And they handled these teams, too. They didn't let it go to seven, except for you're playing against KD. That's what the Bucks did in the, uh-huh. in the second round. But other than that, these teams are handling and they're blowing these teams out when needed. And when you're going against the Clippers and they are the best three pointing, shooting team you know but you have marcus morris you have um you have patrick beverly trying to jack up threes these are just players that aren't usually in that situation that's why the suns let them you know what they're going to cool off a little bit i'm not saying they got tired i'm just saying these guys can't show up in that kind of clutch situation if you're going to game six game seven they're not going to hit the big shots and the suns would let them do that and then they just kind of run dry and i don't think it was anything to do with tired it's just a situation the suns were built with the consistency they had through the playoffs with the chemistry, all of that, because we played every game. We've been through these situations already in the playoffs. So that is something that I think the Suns have over the Bucks. You know, I think they have playing the Western Conference Finals. It's tougher, right? It's going to mm-hmm. be more of a battle anytime you go into the playoffs in the Western Conference Finals. And then I was going to ask you too, defensively, I know the Bucks are up there, but over the Clippers and the Lakers, even without Anthony Davis, I would still take the Clippers and and the Lakers defense over what the Bucks can bring, right? Or else am I crazy even thinking that? Well, it depends. I mean, everything's different. You know, I think that the defense for the Lakers is good on the interior. I think the de- the defense for the Clippers was good on uh, the perimeter. And I think the Bucks are just kind of all around a good defensive team, you know, like the Suns are. I think the Suns play a more physical brand of basketball. Like if you look at uh, how both of these teams have performed in the playoffs thus far, 
The Bucks are scoring 109.8 points a game, whereas the, the Suns are scoring 108.9 points a game. If you look at the opposing points per game, the Bucks were our second best thus far in the playoffs, only giving up 103.7. But the Suns are number one; they've given up 101.9 thus far. So, you know, the, the points per game thing—I don't take too much into. I, I really take a look at the offensive ratings yeah. and you know, and defensive yeah. ratings. And the offensive rating for the Bucks thus far in the playoffs is 111.2, whereas the Suns are 113.6. And the defensive rating for the Bucks is 105 flat. And the defensive rating for the Suns is 106.7. So the net rating for the for the Bucks is a plus 6.2. And the net rating for the Suns is as giggity giggity a plus 6.9. So from a defensive rating standpoint, like, yeah, they are the best team thus far in the playoffs. From a defensive rating standpoint, it's been the Milwaukee Bucks. So, you know, if you ask who would you prefer, you know, like probably the Lakers, you know, because I feel like we really had we we could do what we wanted against them. I think that the Clippers created much tougher mismatches because due to their switchability and their wing depth. But I think when it when you look at the Bucks roster again, it's just, they have really good defenders on them. I mean, PJ Tucker's one goal is to be a defender, and that is why he's in there. You know, Giannis is a former Defensive Player of the Year. Brooke Lopez is a shot blocking center; like he has the ability to do that. Chris Middleton has the length and is known as a defender. Drew Holiday is the defender when it comes to defending point guards, and we've seen that before. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the Suns come up with different offensive sets, try to get the switches that they want, uh, and uh, and ultimately execute their offense against this team. I think that we can stop them because I think that we are a better offensive team overall due to you know DeAndre Ayton's emergence, Devin Booker and Chris Paul being all-stars. And Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges being quality wings. You you look at the the benches, and I think that's one thing to take a look at. You know, if Giannis isn't is playing, Bobby Portis comes in off the bench. You got Pat Connington, who is an annoyance and a three point shooter. Jeff Teague, who's like kind of the old man Teague, and then a guy who just has always annoyed the shit out of me. And pardon me for cussing because it's the Fourth of July. But Bryn Forbes, dude, <laughs> former San Antonio Spur, Bryn Forbes, like how annoying is he? Yeah, he is annoying. He's like the last guy on the bench, too, that, you know, it probably stops right there. I think Monte's playing that nine-man rotation right now, but if you go past what we have right now currently playing the playoffs, we have the names that can actually come in and fill in, like Langston Galloway. Etwan Moore did as much as he could, but I think that when you have Langston coming in, that's something that you can look for offensively, and he's an annoyance, too. I think he can be very, very annoying, so he could kind of match that. But I like how you brought up the depth, because I think for the Suns really kind of win the series – you know, offensively, I mean, with the first team, hang in there with the Bucks. I'm not saying they, they might blow them out. Who knows? But if you hang in there, our bench will beat their bench. And especially if Giannis is out, of course we're going to beat their bench. Bobby Porras, uh, Connington, I like Connington. I think he's going to be, like you said, an annoyance. A guy that when he's on the floor, it'd be like, all right, is someone going to guard that guy? Or else he's going to be on our guy. Be like, can someone just do it? Can we switch it up? Can we get this guy off of our guy? That's the way it's going to be. And I... But the Suns' depth, it goes at least, what, like 10, 11 guys that are really, really good mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, just being in good in situations to help them regain a lead, gain some momentum, get the speed back up whenever our starting lineup comes off or whenever even Chris Paul comes out of the game. You know, I just think that we just have so much over the Bucks. of course. I'm not going to say – I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but when it goes to the depth, you know that we're – that goes to us for sure. We have the mm -hmm. depth over the Milwaukee Bucks. No, I, I agree there a hundred percent. I think campaign 
Tory Craig, uh, the re- the revenge series for Tory Craig, mm-hmm. the guy who no matter what will leave with a ring this year because he started with the Bucks and he's ending with the Suns. So no matter <laughs> Crazy, what, right? the dude the dude gets That's a ring the way to do it. You know, but I think that he is going to have a factor in this uh, the series because our we have a better. Uh, a better bench when it comes to defense. I think that's very important. You know, we can shut down those Pat Connington's and those Bryn Forbes is, is, is if you play proper defense and you take them off of their spots, you know, guys are going to still hit tough shots. It's the NBA. I get it. But if you make them work for those shots, they might hit one shot instead of like six shots. You know, you look last night and you see Cam Reddish go for, did you watch any of that game last night? Due to some things, I did not get to see it. So, so Cam, Cam Reddish went like six for seven from deep. And it was really annoying. And I did again, see that though in the box score. Again, this is me just yeah. being petty, but like every time he hit a three, just stand there, just be like, oh, like he hit like a was game he doing winning. That? Yeah, like after every three, he was oh, just like flexing. Man. Part of that's the crowd. Part of that's you're a young player. Yeah. But but the other part of that is it made me it reminded me to to appreciate the Suns because the Suns don't do that shit. Like mm-hmm. Booker will do it after a dunk, maybe in like game six of a clincher. But like his team is down. They're trying to come back. They're down like 15 points. He's hitting threes. And they're going to lose the series and he's like flexing out because, and I get it. There's a long road back for cam reddish and I'm, I'm going too far on this tangent, but I mean like, you know, the bucks let them do that. They let the cam reddishes and the Danilo Gallinari's of the world, get those threes off. The Suns are going to make it a little bit more pesky, pesky on you. They're going to make it, you work a little bit more for those shots. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see campaign if Bryn Forbes or Jeff Teeger and their running point with the second team. I wouldn't be surprised to see campaign pick him up full mm-hmm. court and just, you know, bother him and start to, you know, he's our Patrick Beverly, except he's a lot more classier. Mm-hmm. We can even throw Javon Carter in the mix too. I feel like we've, we've been wanting that the whole dude. playoffs. <laughs> Please just a little bit. I think he can guard the perimeter just as well as anybody in the NBA. So if it gets to the point where the Suns have that lead, you can bring him in, just kind of lock things up, you know, him and campaign. What, that would be so great for them to get minutes together in this series. I think it's well-earned by Cam, um, by Javon Carter because he hasn't said anything. He's been on the bench, and when he comes in, he can knock down the threes and play defense. We kind of forget about the dude, so to see him come back would be great. And what Cam Reddish does, it's funny you point that out because the way the Suns are when they hit big shots and stuff, they'll celebrate when they when they know they have the win, right? Yes. Book might get that one. Book dunks, though. He's allowed to celebrate because he never dunks, all right? Yes. And his Saris dunks, and yeah, the whole place should go nuts. <laughs> because Sarge usually slips on a banana peel when he comes down from a dunk. So you want to celebrate that. Other than that, if the Suns have the lead and they know this game might be over, then they'll they'll do the celebrations. That's what I love about the team. They say they stay very very focused. Nothing premature. They wait till it's towards the end and they wait till it's over with. And that's the advantage of having Chris Paul and Jay Crowder on this team. You know, Jay Crowder's been there before. He accounts for all of the Suns NBA Finals experience. <laughs> yeah. There's six total games that have been played by any member of this Phoenix Suns team in an NBA Finals prior. And it was Jay Crowder last year. But, you know, Chris Paul trying to get that elusive ring. He's got the finals appearance finally, but now he wants that ring. So he's going to keep them locked in and ready to go. One thing I did see that was actually kind of funny and interesting is if the Bucks were to win, P.J. Tucker would have beat a member or a, a starter of every member of those Rockets teams on a way to do it because he would have to beat Chris Paul. He already beat James Harden and uh, God, who else was on that team? Somebody else. And then Clint Capella, he just beat. I'm mm-hmm. trying to think who that fourth person is. It's, Eric Gordon was on the team. So no, nah, but he, but, but he, he was six man. Yeah, he was a six man. It's like, who was the other starter on those Rockets teams? I saw a graphic of it. 
It was mm-hmm. somebody else who who played on the on the Nets. Dang, I don't remember. Oh man, I wish I would have saved that and yeah. brought that up. But I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, it is going to be hard to go against PJ Tucker, man. Like we love PJ Tucker, mm-hmm. uh, but for the next two weeks, like I have a I have a buddy, a good friend of mine, uh, Todd. If you're watching, um, he's a big Bucks fan, big sports guy. You know, I worked with him for a while, and we used to always just talk about basketball and football and baseball. And you know, he loves all those Wisconsin teams. And he hit me up once the Bucks won. He's like, dude, this is great. Uh, it sucks because I always watch your podcast and, and now, you know, you got to know, like I'm, I'm, I'm going for the bucks now. I'm like, I get it, man. And I'll see you on the other side. Like for the next mm-hmm. couple weeks, we're just not friends. You know, it's just the way it goes. Yeah. Trevor Reza. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're saying in the chat. Yeah. Trevor Reza played for the heat. So, uh, that's who, uh, PJ Tucker, if he wins and I hope he doesn't, but I think that'd be kind of interesting for him. So, um, thoughts on going up against PJ Tucker and what his impact could be on this series. He honestly, even from the first round of the, uh, the playoffs, I was nervous to even play him because he's just been there for this team. He was probably the best addition other than Torrey Craig for a team going into the playoffs because no one really knew what he had. Of course, he's playing in the with the Rockets, with the team that just gave up. I mean, not they didn't give up. Chris James Harden gave up to get out of there. So it's difficult for a player to play in that situation, right? It's just like um, Blake Griffin in a way. Blake Griffin, everyone thought he gave up in a way in, in Detroit, and he did. He never dunked. He never did anything to put himself in injury risk, which is smart by him. But him and uh, P.J. Tucker, they really provided that defense, the hustle that they needed. Knockdown threes, I don't know. But I, I'm really worried that he will try to get in the heads of these players, like Devin Booker. But Booker proved, he the last series, he proved that he does not worry about these guys like Patrick Beverly anymore. They do not get under his skin since last series. So if that's going to continue, it'll be nice because PJ Tucker might know some more dirt about Booker and he might say it on the court. Who knows? He might throw something out there to get under his skin, but I can see Booker absolutely just ignoring it and going about his game. So I'm not worried about it. I mean, after Patrick Beverly, there is no worse irritant than Patrick Beverly because Patrick Beverly isn't just a guy who is constantly talking. Like he physically was trying to be an irritant. The things that he was doing that the national pundits would chalk up to being like, oh man, he's such a hustler. He does such a good job. It's like, at what point do you say, okay, it's it's not hustle and aggressiveness. It is negligence. The way that he plays is reckless and it can hurt people. The way that you know he he dives into people and he's headbutting people. Oh, it was an accident. No, that was an accident. Oh, that one was an accident too. It's like after about the fifth or sixth accident, do you go, <laughs> you know, maybe this is guy, this guy's just pure reckless. Like, you know, so if, if you can go through a series and not let that affect you up here in between the ears, because that's where it could have affected Devin Booker, is is getting those stupid fouls and those technicals that he used to he's he's infamous for early on in his career is just chirping too much. It almost like it focused him in more. So if he has PJ Tucker trying to stop him, it's going to bring him even more into a zone of focus. Now, will he be able to perform and and score the points? I think there's going to be games where he's going to be great and there's going to be games where he's going to end with like 17 points. But the goal is because of the depth of this team uh all around, not just the bench, but just all the starting five as well. You know, Devin Booker can have those games. And we've seen that where he scores 18 points and the Suns can still win games. And that's what makes this team a, a championship contender and a team that I honestly believe will win a championship. You know, some people oh, mentioned, I, I, I believe so. like, it, it feels weird to say that. No, yeah. It still, it still feels amazing yeah. to say the Suns are in the NBA finals. Suns fans like, can agree with you, though, John. Yes. A, a, a lot of them do. A lot of them do. And, I, you know, Again, this is a, a space I'm not used to navigating. Is a is confidence as a Suns fan, and I go back to the seven seconds or less era. The last time I felt confidence as a Suns fan, 
And it was always a wavering confidence for yep. the same reasons I've stated numerous times. That team was very one-dimensional. They could... Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they could run you out of the I gym. Know. And that was their thing. Yeah. You know, I put an article that's out on Bright Side of the Sun this morning. And I talked about essentially all of the different ways that the Phoenix Suns can beat you. You know, they're a team that can beat you with their defense. They're a team that can beat you with their... Uh, with with Chris Paul, who has been absolutely vital to this team's success, uh, you know th- they're a team that's that's going to beat you with their free throw shooting, and it's a team that's going to beat you with their depth. You know, I mm-hmm. think that you you know you take those four things together and you look at the Bucks. Okay, let, let, let's go down the Bucks uh, kind of list: free throw shooting. Okay, again, so paramount in the in the playoffs. This is the team we're playing is the twenty third team relative to free throw percentage and part of that's Giannis. that's a big part you know you think back to one of those games the first game where we beat the the milwaukee bucks this season and Giannis was 17 for 21 from the free throw line and we beat him by one but he was 17 for 21 that is an aberration that isn't the norm for Giannis antetokounmpo you look at their depth and we already talked about it the suns have better depth you look at their defense the defense is a slight edge you know statistically to the bucks but i believe in our defense and again, the addition of Chris Paul, the leadership that he possesses, trumps any of the leaders that they have over on the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Yeah, and you brought up free throws, <laughs> the the countdown, right? Countdown, One, baby. two, right, here we go. We'll be there for game two doing it. And I might yes. not know how to count to twelve, but I will try my best. I think I'm going to copy the old gentleman in front of me <laughs> to help me out in that one because, but it's going to be interesting to see that. But free throws are huge, dude, and. You're talking about PJ Tucker too earlier. We just were, but him, like even any of these players, even Bobby Porter, someone brought it up in the chat, being a difference maker. I just don't see these guys being like, oh, Bobby Porter's killed us. That's why we lost. You know, uh, PJ Tucker killed us. That's why Connington, he just killed us. It that's why happen. we lost. It, can it happen. could happen, but I don't but not see for it an as entire much as series. What, exactly. I didn't see it as much. I don't see it as much as what we just faced with these other guys going in situations, the way that Patrick Beverly was playing, uh, Reggie Jackson, like those guys is like, no, no, even Marcus Morris. I was like, oh my God, this guy might win a game for the Clippers. And he did. And he he did. did. Game five, he won a yep. game. So I don't see that. Maybe, hopefully I shouldn't say anything, but it might not be an issue for the Suns. You hope not. And, hope when not. It, and when it comes to the Giannis countdown, or count up, if you will, like, at what point are the refs going to call it? They're like, count the up. crowd's on 17. Like, you know, I get it. Because <laughs> it seemed like the Hawks yeah. fans always got to 12, and that's right when he shot. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, if they're quick counting him, which... They count too fast, so I they count, Yeah, yeah they're, they're quick counting him. Yeah. So, like, in the... But if yeah. you're a ref... And your job is to sit there and count the seconds until this guy shoots after you give him the ball. Like you got to put some math equation on in there and be like, okay, 14 by the fans equals 10 in real life. And that's what I'm going to call it. Like, <laughs> you know, like that's what I was thinking. I Cause I like, and I just, I don't know. It's going to be, you know, if he's playing, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting uh, to see that and experience that. Cause again, yeah, we'll be at game two on Thursday. Uh, literally the last row in the stadium. And I don't care. I don't care to be a part of that environment. (laughs) Yes. You got that beautiful big screen, not that T-Mobile cell phone screen that they used Mm -hmm. to have in there that had like six grids off. It's like Devin Booker's points and you just couldn't see it because like that part of the (laughs) the screen was broken. And if you see us, don't be afraid to come get an autograph or a selfie, you know? Yeah. We're here for the fans. I'm I'm just, I'm just, (laughs) just I'll I'll be handing out business cards to people like, Hey, go sons, go sons, go sons. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to hit on before. Do you know what I found out that I, I'm surprised I didn't know where did Monty Williams go to college and play college basketball at? 
I have no idea. This is your no, thing. So Notre Dame. Sure. Oh, did he really? He went to Notre Dame. No way. That's yeah. awesome. Man. How did I not know that? Another I reason know. to love him. Yeah. Another reason. I gotta like tell my dad. He's like, he's a good Catholic. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, the way my my, yeah. my dad looks at everything. Seriously. So, um, so uh, you know, last thing I guess I'll I'll, I'll ask mm-hmm. you before we get out of here on this glorious Independence Day. And somebody was asking in the chat like. What's it? What is it with not cussing on Independence Day? It's a Matthew thing. He just when it comes to holidays, he just doesn't like to cuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't give a shit. Um, but Matthew, <laughs> you, you you referenced it a little bit earlier on the podcast, uh-huh. and I'll, I'll allow you I'll allow you to elaborate on that thought process. Who wins the series, and in how many games? All right. So my gut right now, I'm saying the Suns win, but it's going to be in six games. But I can see them sweeping them. But I'm going to go Suns and six. Suns and six. Okay. Uh, that was very elaboration. Thank you for that. Um, so the first series, I said Suns in six, and I was correct. The next series against the Denver Nuggets, I said Suns in five, and I was incorrect. And then last series, I said Suns in six, and I was correct. Uh, I'm saying Suns in five in this one. And this is with or without Giannis. I believe Suns in five for these reasons. So, you know, a lot of the reasons we talked about here. Uh, again, I'll, I'll preface all this with I'm scary to be confident in this team because I'm a, I'm an Arizona sports fan. I'm conditioned to being let down. You don't know what's going to happen in a series. Uh, but also, as as Clifford McLeod says, good vibes, good vibes. Uh, if Giannis can come back and play, we don't know how effective he's going to be. And as I mentioned before, we don't know how uh, – how his lateral quickness is going to be. I mean, his ability to contort, his ability to take those long steps, all of those put pressure on a knee that was hyperextended. Now you look at Joel Embiid. He he hyperextended his knee much in the same fashion in the middle of the season. He was out for about 10 games. It was about, you know, mathematically about 20 days. So if Giannis does play in the series, I will not be surprised. If he starts in the first game, I might be a little surprised, uh, but I know we'll definitely see him. But I think that, the drive of this team, the coaching of this team, the personalities collectively of this team are they're they're locked in and they're focused. And I saw who was it? Somebody tweeted out yesterday. They were showing the difference between the Suns winning the Western Conference Championship and the locker room uh, for the Bucks after they won the Eastern Conference Championship. And like the Suns were celebrating, the, and the, it showed just a bunch of Bucks guys like on their phones. Like I don't know how yeah, what the, that what the validity true, though, of that really. was. Yeah, yeah, no, that's just like they're probably waiting to for the bus or something. You know, they probably celebrated. Yeah, that's so. But, you know, there's some people, you know, my director of finance came and said, he's like, well, do you think the Suns celebrated a little too hard after winning that? You know, I'm like, no. Well, One, they knew they could do it because they knew they were gonna, weren't going to going to have to play for like five or six days. So they could go and have a good time. It's not like the Bucks where it's like you win and two days later you have to play again. It's like, the, so the Suns knew they could. And you know what? It was a big monkey off the back of Chris Paul and everybody. That's what shows and fortifies this team culture is they all want to do it for Paul, man. They all want to do it. And they knew that they helped get him to the to an NBA finals for the first time in his career. So they were happy. But they're not, they're not complacent. They're not happy on the farm, if you will. They're ready to start this series with home court advantage with that raucous crowd. Hopefully, that raucous crowd. You know, it's a different crowd in there when you start charging twelve hundred bucks a ticket. Um, but hopefully that crowd is raucous and crazy on on Tuesday night. And behind that, they can come out and uh just set the tone in this in this series. The only thing that could scare me again is I think the, the switchability and the, and the, uh, 
the defense of the Bucks can take the Suns out of their game. But again, I think over a seven-game series, it's advantage Suns. So I'll say Suns in five. I think there'll be one game where there's kind of, you know, one guy has a random, like Chris Middleton drops a, a 45 spot. Or it is a game where P.J. Tucker hits seven threes and you just didn't see it coming and his 21 points is a deciding factor. So I'll allow that room for error. But I really think that, you know, here in a couple of weeks, we, we're going to be sitting here talking about an NBA championship for this Phoenix Suns team, man. Yeah, and can we just have the parade on the weekend or something? I mean, I'll I'll use PTO, but can we just do I want everyone to be there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's get there first, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so where are we watching the game, though? Are we going to go somewhere? Uh, yeah, we should. What do you think? Um, yeah. You we guys were talking, talking about, about what was Half it? Moon. Half Moon. Yeah. Half Moon at the Biltmore. So I'm going to reach out to them and see if we can get some reservations there. I know the fan of the Flames guys <laughs> are willing to meet us there. Uh, I got to talk to the missus, see if she wants to come down and watch the game there. But I think game one, we all got to get together. I mean, this is the NBA fucking finals, man. Like this ain't this ain't a Tuesday game against the Miami Heat. This is nope. the NBA finals, bro. And yes. we're there. You have to go celebrate and drive home drunk. You have to do all of that. No, you use I'm just Uber. Get that Uber. I am definitely getting the Uber. I got the credit card on the Uber and Lyft. Possible. That's good yeah. that you have the credit card. You're not writing checks to them anymore. You stop doing the no. whole like, what do I owe you, bud? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those days are over. Those days are over now. Yeah. So. With, my, with my cigarette. What do I owe yeah. you? <laughs> your cigarette rolled up in your sleeve. You know, you're like, hey, yeah. guy. Um, so I guess on that note, uh, I think we'll, we'll wrap things up here. This is a reminder to everybody who is watching along live with us. Uh, one, we appreciate it. Thanks for taking a little time out of your independence you. day. Uh, and you know what? A lot of you are out of this country too. We have so many listeners who are outside. So you're not, this is a Sunday for you. So thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Make sure you follow the show, the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Twitch. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network, please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review and say whatever you want to say. Barbecue chicken, whatever. We'll we'll go ahead and we'll read it right here on the show. <laughs> if you are watching on YouTube, again, please subscribe. Only 45, or not only, but 45.1% of the people who watch this podcast aren't subscribers. So don't be that guy. Be a subscriber or that girl. Hit the thumbs up. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voita. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. at Matthew Lissy. And you can read all of our wonderful articles on brightsideofthesun.com. All right, Matthew. I'm out of here. Happy Independence Day. All right. Go home and uh, salute your family.